You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And this is Ancient History Fangirl, Hot Cleopatra Summer Edition. Also hot Sauron Summer! (laughs) This episode is part of a two-part series we did on our Patreon about Cleopatra and King Herod. Yes, that King Herod, the one from the Bible and from Jewish religious tradition as well. This story departs quite a bit from the religious tales you may be used to if you came from one of those traditions. It's based on the historical King Herod, who was a real person, and his relationship with none other than Cleopatra. Yes, it turns out, these two were contemporaries. They knew each other, and they hated each other's guts. It's fantastic! This story has so many twists and turns and drama, and it's pretty amazing. We originally created and released this story for our Patreon members. And we're putting it up here so you can see the quality of work we bring to our Patreon. Let's just say it's sizzling hot, just like Cleopatra. I think that's an accurate description of our (laughs) Patreon. Depending on the level you subscribe to on our Patreon, you'll get extra episodes like this one, as well as videos, sometimes lengthy videos and episodes, drunk mythology, exclusive interviews with various guests, and so much more. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash ancienthistoryfangirl and help us keep the podcast running over the summer and beyond. Thank you so much for your support. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm 11! And this is Ancient History Fangirl, The After Party. So, in our episode, Cleopatra and Mark Antony, Lovers in a Dangerous Time, Part 3, we alluded to a story about King Herod and Cleopatra and this feud between them, right? Yeah, it was epic. It was epic and we totally glossed over it, but it's actually kind of important to the story, but not so important that we had to go on a whole like two hour tangent over it. So instead we're giving you a 30 minute tangent. Right. So this is a a mini-sode, if you will, just for Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for contributing to the podcast and this is just our way of giving back. We hope you like it. So we thought it'd be fun to tell this story for our Patreon members because unlike Cleopatra and Mark Antony, Cleopatra and Herod hated each other. They hated each other and 
and not in a sexy, belligerent, sexual tension kind of way, which is my personal catnip. No, none of that. They were absolutely intractable enemies, and it ultimately contributed to Cleopatra's downfall. We didn't have time to go into that story in the bigger arc on Cleopatra and Mark Antony, but we thought it was the perfect topic for a mini-sode. The King Herod in this story is, in fact, that King Herod. That King Herod. Exactly. If you're Christian, you may know him from the New Testament. King Herod also shows up in Jewish tradition. And again, from what we could tell, he's usually seen as a villain. He was the king of Judea and also held the title of the king of the Jews. According to Christian tradition, when he heard that there were three wise men in his country looking for a king of the Jews, that wasn't him, that was a sort of newborn baby— Spoiler, it was Jesus. He got so worried about being usurped that he had all boy children aged two and under in Bethlehem killed in an event known as the slaughter of the innocents. This story is probably folklore, according to most modern historians. However, it totally sounds like the kind of thing Herod would do. The sources I'm using for this episode are mostly the Jewish historian Josephus, who lived about 100 years after the events we're describing, and the modern historian Stacey Schiff in her book Cleopatra, A Life. So, full disclosure, I was not raised Christian or Jewish, so I'm not really getting the story from that vantage point. I just know what I read from the historical record. Jen was raised Christian, right? Yep, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, so you got this story growing up, right? I got this story growing up. This is a larger-than-life story, very integral to Christmas and the story of the birth of Jesus. So it's a really interesting story. Although Cleopatra doesn't show up, which I just think is criminal. Yeah, Cleopatra and King Herod knew and absolutely loathed each other. I bet you didn't know that. Now you do. Did not. I didn't even know they were like contemporaries. Yeah, so there was a real King Herod and he really did rule the kingdom of Judea and he really did have the title of King of the Jews. It was a title granted to him by the Roman Senate through Mark Antony's influence. The real King Herod was born in approximately 74 BC in Judea, an ancient region of mountains and deserts located approximately where Israel and Palestine are today. Herod himself was mostly raised in Rome and was friends with Mark Antony when they were teenagers. In 63 BC, Pompey Shark the Great conquered Judea and made it a Roman province while he was waging the Mithridatic Wars. In 47 BC, while Caesar was fighting the Alexandrian War, Herod's dad, Antipater, was instrumental in sending him reinforcements that helped him win that war. In return, Caesar showered Antipater with rewards and positions, one of which was procurator of Judea. When Antipater was assassinated five years later in 43 BC, the country was plunged into a violent power struggle. Several factions warred for control, including members of the Hasmonean dynasty, Judea's previous ruling family. After several years of this, Herod rose to power, killing key members of the Hasmonean royal family along the way. Mark Antony supported him and influenced the Senate in Rome to grant him the title King of the Jews, rather than just Procurator of Judea in 37 BC. Herod was about 37 years old. So, from what I can tell, Herod had a difficult relationship with his own people. His country was predominantly Jewish. He was Jewish himself, but his subjects often doubted his faith. One reason was that he came from a family of recent converts. Herod's family had once lived in a region called Idumea. They converted about 100 years ago and possibly under duress when Idumea was conquered by a Jewish leader and forced to convert or leave. And that wasn't the only reason Herod's subjects didn't like him. Another was the fact that he was heavily Romanized and led what many saw as a promiscuous, licentious lifestyle. Also, he had a nasty habit of murdering his way to power, not even flinching at killing his own family members, but we'll get to that. Oh, we will. So, what was Herod like? Stacey Schiff, in her amazing book, Cleopatra Life, which we will never, ever, ever stop talking about, 
Now, always with the Stacey Schiff, always with the Cleopatra alife. Always. She paints a picture of a swashbuckling, excitable risk-taker with a pirate edge to him. Arrgh. Arrgh. Fanatically loyal to his friends, a blast at dinner parties, and a guy who knew how to flatter. In other words, Mark Antony's total catnip. Yeah, they were two peas in a pod, these two. Like Cleopatra, he was a client king who always knew where his bread was buttered and was excellent at charming those he had to charm. Around 41 BC, Mark Antony and Cleopatra spent a super intense few months together, but Mark Antony wound up having to marry Octavia, the sister of his rival for power, Octavian, to solidify their partnership and keep things from devolving into civil war. Mark Antony spent roughly four happy years with Octavia, before starting things up again with Cleopatra in 36 BC. As part of their joyous reunion, Mark Antony showered Cleopatra with new provinces and territories. One of those was part of Herod's brand new kingdom, Judea. Mark Antony happened to be preparing for a war in Parthia at the time, and Cleopatra saw him off to war on the banks of the Euphrates River. She then took the long way home, touring all of her sparkly new territories. One of the places she stopped off for a visit was Herod's court in Jerusalem. Antony hadn't made Cleopatra ruler of all Judea, just the part with the richest exports. Specifically, he'd granted her the part of Judea where you got the bitumen. And this was a big deal. Bitumen is naturally occurring asphalt or petroleum. It's sticky, black, and semi-solid, kind of like cold molasses. It can be found in natural deposits, and there must have been a big one under the Dead Sea because in this time period, great chunks of it floated to the surface where it could be skimmed off and sold. Bitumen underpinned a lot of industries in the ancient world. It was used to make incense, insecticide, and mortar. It was essential to embalming corpses and waterproofing ships. It was used to make pots and baskets waterproof. Whoever controlled the bitumen in Judea would make a fortune. Previously, the person who controlled the bitumen was King Herod. Now, it was Cleopatra. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MKUltra? Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts.
Cleopatra stopped at King Herod's palace right after the profitable parts of his country had been ripped out from under him to work out the logistics of how his valuable exports were now going to be diverted to her. As you can imagine, the atmosphere here was decidedly frosty. We get this story from Josephus, a Jewish historian who lived around 37 to 100 AD. So he was writing about 100 years after the events. And if you think the Augustan propaganda has an anti-Cleopatra bias, strap in because Josephus tops that by a lot. His hatred of Cleopatra is epic and it just oozes through the page. Here's a typical passage of him describing how Antony came to grant all these territories to Cleopatra. Quote, now, at this time, the affairs of Syria were in confusion by Cleopatra's constant persuasions to Antony to make an attempt upon everybody's dominions, for she persuaded him to take those dominions away from their princes and bestow them upon her, and she had a mighty influence upon him by reason of his being enslaved to her by his affections. She was also by nature very covetous and stuck at no wickedness, for if there were but any hopes of getting money, she would violate both temples and sepulchres. Yet did not all this suffice so extravagant a woman who was a slave to her lusts. I mean, my goodness, Josephus. So much shade. So yeah, so this is what we're dealing with. So grain of salt here. But I'm also drawing from Stacey Schiff's account of these events and Cleopatra a life. So hopefully that's a little bit more even handed. Anyway, so Cleopatra showed up to Herod's palace in Jerusalem. And as I said before, these two had a lot in common. Under different circumstances, they might even be friends. They were both charmers and opportunists, both depended on Rome for their power, and had become expert in working their Roman patrons. Right now, they had the same Roman patron who was Mark Antony. They could totally commiserate about, you know, how much it takes to entertain this guy. They both adored luxury, but on this visit, these two failed abysmally to even have, like, a normal conversation, let alone charm each other. Cleopatra's job was to negotiate the details of the transfer of Judea's most lucrative exports to her, what taxes were to be paid, what were the logistics, all that stuff. She was a ruthless negotiator, and Herod did not feel empowered to stand up to her. He considered it, quote from Josephus, not safe for him to afford any cause for Cleopatra to hate him. And you can kind of see Herod's point here. Stacy Schiff puts it in stark terms. It was like if Cleopatra had been granted only the part of Kuwait where you get the oil. The rest of Judea, according to her, was not particularly fertile. A lot of it was desert. What wasn't desert was stony mountains. There was no port for trade. At this point, the coastline wasn't part of the kingdom and very little land of agricultural value. To make things worse, the population was growing. Now Herod was losing profits he sorely needed. He did not get the better of this deal. Herod agreed to lease the lands in question from Cleopatra for 200 talents per year. Those lands also encroached on the territory of the Nabataean king Malichus II. And Herod also agreed to be the one to collect rent from him as well. And this was a crap job because it was now left to Herod to explain to his warlike neighbor that territories previously his were now rented and he had to pay Herod for them. Josephus tells us that Malichus paid Herod the appropriate amounts at first, but soon this devolved. He became slow in his payments and passive aggressively paid only parts of the whole amount. And when the check came in, it came with deductions. The relationship between Herod and Malichus devolved so badly that by 32 BC, they were at war. That's in the future. At this point, it was 36 BC, and Herod found himself backed into a corner by Cleopatra. And one night, hanging out with his own friends at a banquet, he floated a novel idea. Cleopatra was in his power right now. 
Why not just assassinate her right here and just do everybody a favor? No, 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 no. Really, said Herod. Hear me out. If, hear me out, you guys. If he killed Cleopatra here, he'd basically be performing an act of community service. Cleopatra was so irksome and so annoying that he'd be doing a favor to everyone who had to interact with her or, like, talk to her at all or deal with her, either now or in the future, including Mark Antony, who was so painfully infatuated with her, just entirely under her spell, and who she was definitely going to cheat on at some point in the future. He'd be doing the guy a favor, right? This is the stupidest fucking plan I've ever heard. Herod has more to say here, though, Jen. Oh, does he? And furthermore, says Herod, Cleopatra had totally come on to him. Oh, did she? Wow. She was violently in love with him, matter of fact. What, you find this hard to believe? I mean... Well... It's not. Makes total sense. Why wouldn't she come on to him? Look at my big dick energy. She's (laughs) so in love with me, he declared. And she had attempted to seduce him, accustomed as she was to indulging her passions out in the open without shame. And right now her passions are all about me, Herod. Her passions are Herod, Herod, Herod. She wants my bod, you guys. And this was, of course, another good reason, I guess, to hate her and also to put her to death because women with sexual agency were just terrifying to these dudes. Totally terrifying. Herod, sit down. You don't have any big dick energy. You just don't have it. You don't. No. Nope. It's not so much. I can tell. Already from here. 2,000 years in the future. Herod's friends leapt into action to persuade him that killing Cleopatra was an extremely dumb idea. First off, they said Mark Antony was unlikely to be happy that Herod had done away with Cleopatra, no matter how rationally he explained it to him. And in fact, and I can't believe we have to actually spell this out for you, Herod, he might actually like be mad, which would cause all kinds of trouble for you and eminent death. They warned him that doing something so rash as to murder Cleopatra and create an intractable enemy out of Antony, he would, quote, fill his government with mischiefs, both great and lasting, both to him and his posterity. I mean, and can we just stop a minute? I can't fathom that Herod telling all his friends that Cleopatra wanted him bad and was throwing herself at him did not elicit a round of laughter. Well, it depends on how terrified of Herod you were. Like, maybe he was a bit ruthless. Yeah, maybe. But I just like, they've got to be laughing behind his back. Maybe. Cleopatra is this gorgeous babe who can have anyone she wants and enjoys having anyone she wants. But right now, her bread is buttered with Anthony. She's not going to mess that up. I'm sorry, Herod. It's just not going to happen for you. She's also at this moment, I think, pretty far along in her pregnancy with her third child by Mark Antony. So I think this is very, this is very unlikely, let's just say. I think it's ridiculous, and honestly... (laughs) It's fucking ridiculous, thank you. Honestly, like, I'm sorry, if you see Cleopatra as the sort of woman who is, like, scheming and driven by power and, like, how to hold on to her kingdom and that kind of stuff, this makes zero fucking sense. Right, what would she want with Herod? What can he give her? He literally can give her nothing. He can give her the money he owes her, and if he doesn't want to give her that, I'll send Antony's army over. There's nothing Herod can give her with his body that she can't get by other means. And there's no reason she's going to fuck over Antony at this point because she needs him. Yeah, so why would she do that? I mean, notwithstanding that they might actually care about each other and have a relationship and have three kids together. Yeah, we're just assuming they don't. But if they did, if this is the great love story that everyone tells us it is, then, you know. You know, unless Cleopatra was ethically non-monogamous, which she totally could have been, but at the same time. But at the same time, why pick this person? Right, why pick him? Like, what does he have going for him? So 
Herod, suitably chastened, swallowed his ire and gritted his teeth and showed Cleopatra the appropriate level of hospitality. He exchanged gifts with her and escorted her safely to the boundary of his country to see her off to Egypt when the visit was over. But Herod hadn't heard the last of Cleopatra, and we will tell you all about it in part two. Thank you so much for listening, and we're so excited to tell you what happened when everything breaks down further between these two juggernauts. Because if you think that it can't get worse... If you think it can't get any worse, you haven't been paying attention. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.